Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, there's a praise in the house. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. I know God has been good. There's somebody besides me. Amen. He woke us up this morning and started us on our way. Gave us breath in our bodies. Amen. Gave us the activity of our limbs this morning so that we can stand and give God the praise. And we can shout the victory today. Yes, praise is our weapon. And we thank God for what he's doing in the house today. Amen. I give honor to God today, who is my father, my heavenly father. To Jesus, who is the Christ, my savior, my Lord, my deliverer, my healer. To the Holy Ghost, my comforter, my keeper. To, who, to, to whom all glory and honor is due. And then to Pastor Kay and to the elders of this church, God bless you. I consider it a privilege and an honor to stand in this sacred place. The desk that I stand at is holy, and I take it not lightly. I don't take it for granted that God has allowed me to be in this place. Well, this morning, we've been talking about weapons. So when I came into the house and I heard them sing, praise is our weapon, I knew I was in the right place, and God had given me the right word this morning. Amen. Amen. Then Pastor Kay went on to say that if we give God our hearts, our praise, our prayers, and everything else, he'll do what he wants us to do. Amen. So this morning, we're going to talk just for a little bit about handling it with prayer. The most powerful weapon in the universe is prayer. And that's what we're going to talk about. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we first come to say thank you. Thank you for this day, oh God, and for all that you are doing. Thank you for all of your bountiful blessings. God, we acknowledge you, we honor you, we esteem you, we exalt you, we extol you, we magnify you because you alone are God. And there is none like you in all the earth. God, we just bless your name today, and we thank you for the word that is about to be dispensed. God, I ask that you would use me for your glory and your glory only. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary, God, and let the people of God see you. Let them be fed edified that you would be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus we thank you for it's your word and we thank you that we will be fed in Jesus great name amen amen coming from our scripture this morning we have two scriptures that we're going to be talking about just briefly first John chapter number five verses 14 and 15 and I'll be reading from the amplified version of the Bible Again, that's 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And then we're going to flip over to Revelations chapter number 12 and verse 11. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15 says, This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, that is consistent with his plan and purposes. He hears us. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have, that we have granted to us the request which we have asked for. Revelations 12 and 11 and they overcame and conquered him. That him is the devil, in case you didn't know. 
because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimonies, for they did not love their life and renounce their faith, even when they face death. Amen. The atmosphere of God's house is supposed to be prayer. The atmosphere around the things of God must be the aroma of people opening their hearts, coming to the Father in worship, in petition and supplication. The very thing that is supposed to distinguish a Christ-like church and Christ-like people and Christ-like gatherings is the aroma and atmosphere of Christ-like prayer. As the people of God who are our very, our very instinct should be given to prayer. Prayer that has power, prayer that has energy, and prayer that has life in it. Prayer which is full of the Holy Spirit and with understanding and with the heart and in faith and that which is put up with fervency, not in a cold, lukewarm, lifeless, formal, ritualistic, and customary way. God is tired of lukewarm ritualistic, cold, and think we're going to get something from God. Amen? Keep in mind that prayer is the key element in spiritual battle in Ephesians 6 and 18. It is our most powerful spiritual weapon. It is mighty through God through the pulling down of the devil's strongholds. Prayer is the most powerful force in the universe, and yet it is the most overlooked. Prayer is the umbilical cord of intimacy with the Father. Prayer is the lifeblood of the believer. And there's no power on earth than a church on its knees. Prayer is our spiritual battlefield. And when God's people fall on their knees and claim Christ's power and authority, everything in heaven will move and everything in hell, I promise you, will begin to shake. Our Father in heaven it will reveal to us who he is. We just have to know how to handle it with prayer. Spiritual warfare is bloody, and it's time for us to take the gloves off. Without shedding his blood, there will be no victory. And we cannot experience victory in our lives without his blood. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 tells us that we are actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus like that of a sacrificial lamb, unblemished and spotless. It's the priceless, powerful blood of Christ that gives us our power and our authority. Jesus shed his amazing, precious blood one time, and I promise you he's not going back to the cross because his blood sacrifice was rich enough to pay the tremendous debt of sin. It was precious enough to satisfy divine justice, and it was strong enough to cancel our appalling debt. It was pure enough to usher in the reign of righteousness. And it's powerful enough to crush the devil's head. Access to the Father is impossible apart from the blood of Jesus. And to spurn it, that means to turn it down, is spiritual suicide. There is nothing in all of creation that can equal or even come close to the Savior's blood. The enemy has not laid down his weapons. I know y'all think he has, and he's not fighting fair. And until he is destroyed in the end, you and I must stay covered with the blood, and we will never be able to claim victory apart from living in victory, which he has achieved through his blood, until we understand that the blood of Jesus still works. 
the blood still works. There is power in the blood of Jesus, and that power is available to us today if we know how to handle it with prayer. Today, the church is full of prayerless people, and the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They are full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. They have yet to learn how to handle this powerful spiritual warfare weapon. This is our Father we're dealing with, our Heavenly Father. And He knows better than you, me, us, them, and they what the you, me, us, them, and they need. It is through life governing prayer and knowing how to plead and fight with the blood of Jesus that we must allow God to exercise His power through his way, the way he sees fit. In our scripture teaching prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what we do. Prayer is the breath of the spiritual man. We can't bargain with God. It's no God if you do this, then I'll do that. He's the almighty savior. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. How dare we think that we can bargain with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. According to his will, we need to be direct and ask for what we need. God wants us to develop intimacies with him in prayer and then to know how to respond with the energies of prayer. The Message Bible says in James 5 and 16 that the person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. And Amplified says that the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, that's the believer, can accomplish much. When put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and it has tremendous power. While I was studying for this message this morning, I came across a story that I thought was very prevalent. Back in the 18th century, there was a preacher called the Prince of Preachers. Some of you may have heard of him. His name is Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He was the most prolific and profound preacher of his day. So much so that his sermons, his lessons, his messages, his books, and all the stuff that he taught is still profound and used by many today. Well, there was a story that says there were five young college students who were spending a Sunday in London. His church was in London, Eakland. London, England. And while in London, they decided to go hear this famous preacher. While they were waiting to, for the doors to open up, the students were greeted by a man who asked, gentlemen, let me show you around. Would you like to see our power heating plant? The power heating plant of this church? They thought this man was rather odd, and you know we would have too. Amen. And because they really had no desire to see a power heating plant on a hot day in July. They were hoping like you and I were for some air conditioning, amen? They didn't want to offend the strangers, so they consented. The young men were taken down some stairs, then down a long hallway. And then the gentleman opened the door quietly. And he turned and whispered to them and said, this is our heating plant. And to their surprise, the young men opened the door, walked in, 
and saw 700 bowed down prayer warriors seeking the blessings on the service that were soon to begin in the auditorium upstairs. And they were pleading and, and calling on Jesus to come in and have his divine way. So the gentleman closed the door and he turned and introduced himself and said, I am Pastor Spurgeon. And we don't begin anything in this house until we pray. Ian Bounds once said, what a church needs today is not more and better machinery. Not no new organizations, no more novel methods, but men and women full of the Holy Ghost who can be used by God. And men and women mighty in prayer who are not afraid for the will, to wield the mighty weapon of prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but on men. The Holy Ghost does not come on machinery, but on men and women. It does not appoint plans, but men and women full of prayer. God is faithful even to the point of preparing our hearts to hear what he will say to us in prayer. In his power, it is, it is impossible for us not to have what God has for us. Power and prayer become a reality. We are merely instruments to be used by the glory of God. There was no accident in the Bible of people fasting, praying, and repenting to God. No incident in the Bible of people fasting and praying and repenting to God. When God did not release his supernatural power on their lives. When will prayer is exercised, God breaks through with supernatural acts and signs and wonders. He entreats us to pray. He knows that we are often caught in our prisons of own, our own making, not prisons of bars and locks, but intellectual prisons, emotional prisons, relational prisons, and situational prisons. We must remember that the shortest distance between our problems and those prisons is the solution between the knees and the floor. God is more interested in our character and our future and our sanctification than in our momentary satisfaction. He answers us according to his grace, and it is motivated by his love. And if we graciously accept his answers, no matter what they are, he will graciously use us for his glory. We need to stop flipping the spiritual proverbial coin. Heads is God, or tails it ain't. Heads, I'm going to do this, or tails, I'm going to do that. We, yes, you can find answers in God's word. Yes, you can find answers in godly counsel. But some answers, the deep treasure answers, will only be found in prayer, not from other sources, not from books, magazines, friends, counselors. You can't Google it. You can't Bing it. You're not going to find it on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Pinterest. Some things must come straight from God, who is the source of all wisdom. There is no substitute for prayer. Work is not a substitute. Programs are not substitute. Your college-ation, praise God, is still not a substitute. Influential friends are not a substitute. Your management expertise, thank God for that, is not a substitute. And all your money, I don't care how much you got or how little you got, is not a substitute. Charm and charisma are not substitute. Prayer moves the heart of God. Prayer leads to a consistent, intimate, and powerful walk with God. Regardless of your situations and circumstances, you, are, you need to acknowledge that there is not, I'm sorry, regardless of what circumstances you are up against, 
There's no knowledge that you will ever need that is not accessible before the throne of a living, holy, and righteous God. He desires to illuminate our hearts and our minds until our conscious Christ mind is in us. He wants us to say no to the world based on our faith in him. And you ain't got to have a whole lot of faith. He said it's the faith of a mustard seed. And I don't know if you understand, sometimes you can't even see a mustard seed if you ain't got your glasses on. So it takes just that little bit of faith in him for him to move in us. We must be submissive to God to the point of obedience, regardless of what he asks us to do. The quicker we move from our will to his, the quicker God will show us what we need to know. If he must be assured that we will be submitted completely before him, and then he will let us on in on the secret things, the hidden stuff, the good stuff, the stuff that really will carry us through, the stuff that's really going to help us, the stuff that opens up the windows of heaven, the stuff that allows blessings to pour out on us, the stuff that allows us to walk in his will and in his way, and whatever we ask or think, he will give it to us. It's that stuff that I'm looking for. I don't know about you. The position given to us is by the bloody cross of Jesus. And we can pray with authority and the power, believing that God honors our prayers. So regardless of what kind of storms come your way, regardless of your circumstances, you got to keep looking to God. He wants our prayers to be God-centered, Christ-centered, spirit-centered, not things-centered, trial-centered, or circumstance-centered. For our prayers are centered on any, prayers that are centered on anything other than the Lord will cause our faith to waver. We need to ask ourselves, do I want to reach my potential for God? Handle it with prayer. Do I truly desire the will of God for my life? Then handle it with prayer. Do I want to operate in the things of God with power and authority? Then handle that with prayer. When you are facing decisions in your life that are too big for you to handle, handle it with prayer. Are you going through some difficulty? You got some stuff that's leaving you confused and disheartened? Handle it with prayer. Got a do or die situation? Handle that with prayer. Little faith, little doubt, wondering if God can work it out? Handle that with prayer. Feeling hopeless, desperate, and helpless? I dare you to handle it with prayer. Persecution, trials, tribulations, heartache, pain? Handle that with prayer too. And when God answers you, when God answers you, handle that with prayer. Got some supplication and some thanksgiving? Handle that with prayer. Got a praise report? Handle that with prayer. Do you want to extol him and lift him up? Handle that with prayer. Anything that you have, God is able to handle. I dare you to handle it with prayer. You want the divine capacity to execute his will in your life? Handle it with prayer. One more God? One more power? Handle it with prayer. Need to get an agreement with God about something? Handle it with prayer. Got an insurmountable obstacle? Handle it with prayer. Every it, them, they, we, may, us, ours, and theirs. Handle it with prayer. Every up, down, in, out, way, worry, woe. Handle that with prayer. When you're intimidated, pray. When you're challenged, pray. When you're persecuted, pray. When you're in trouble, pray. Need healing, pray. Need deliverance, pray. Want some salvation, pray. Got some stubborn kids, pray. Got some stubborn relatives, pray. And he will answer you. And he will give you the desires of your heart. I dare you to magnify him. I dare you to esteem him. I dare you to extol him. I dare you to handle it with prayer. Let prayer create in you the need for a deep relationship with God. 
Prayer sustains you. Prayer gives you strength. Prayer guides you. Prayer clarifies things in your life. It intercepts the plans of the devil and crushes ahead. It impacts generations. Your commitment to prayer has the power to ultimately bring you victory and allowing you to touch the earth. Just handle it with prayer. God bless you. Oh, I dare you to live with prayer. I dare you to take it to God in prayer. I dare you to get on your knees and ask God to handle your situation. I dare you to come before the throne of the Father and say, Lord, I can't do it, but I know you can. I dare you to seek his face. I dare you to touch the heart of God. I double-dog dare you to handle it with prayer.